You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. So what we do here at Burley, if you're new, welcome. Um, We do a theme once a month. We've been going through John over the last few months, or we're going to go through John through the next few months, but we stop at the start of the month to explore what we call a practice. Um, And that's because church isn't just about, I say this hundreds of times, but when you get to heaven, spoiler alert, there's not a quiz. I know I've said this before, but just so you you didn't, if you didn't know, you don't get to heaven and they say, um, how many animals went into the ark that Abraham built? And you put it down and then they go, "Uh uh-uh, Abraham didn't build the ark. Sorry, you can't come in, gotcha. It's not a knowledge thing. Knowledge is good. But it's a practical thing. We're meant to live this faith out. We're meant to live in a relationship with Jesus. And so we want to practice the ways of Jesus. We say here it's not a performance. God loves you no matter what. It's not a performance. It's a practice. It's not earning. It's effort. And so once a month we stop as a church. We look at a theme. And then I give it back to you guys to practice during the month and explore together. That makes sense? Walking in the ways, the truth, and the life give, living, the life given by Jesus. And so that's what we try to do once a month. And there's two practices we do. We do different ones every year, but there's two that we come back to every year. And that's wielding the word, Bible reading, and prayer. And so this morning, we're just going to look at transformative prayer. Problem is, you could do six weeks, you could do two years on this subject. And so I'm only scratching the surface today, hopefully giving us enough to go and explore in our small tables, in our own reflection. And so if you feel like I've missed something, I 100% have. Prayer is so wide. I'm just going to give us an overview and hopefully we can run with it this morning. Prayer, transformative prayer. And the reason prayer is so important, the reason we want to do it once, well, more than once a year, but the reason we really dig down into this practice is, I can't speak for you, but I'm, I'm really bad at it. Not, not the words, I know the right words to be saying, I know how to say it from the front. I'm really bad at the practice of prayer. I, I didn't, the reason I didn't say everyone, I didn't want to put you in that box with me, but I reckon it's fair to say modern culture does not make it easy for us to pray at least deep transformative prayer. They want to keep you busy. They don't want to, they, there's always another app to download. There's always another show to watch. There's always something to get to. We're busy. And so the last thing on our mind, it might be a quick prayer. I'm not saying we don't pray. I'm certainly not saying I don't pray. But if I'm honest with you, sometimes my prayers can be just a quick in-between things, not the soul thing. Does anyone else feel like that? Am I alone? Am I... Okay, at least six of us, (laughs) and then maybe another 20 or 30 not wanting to admit it. And then some of you are gifted in it, which is phenomenal, and we can learn so much from you. Some of you have a heart for prayer. I know that some of you actually will be woken. Some of you told me this in the middle of the night with a name on your mind, and you'll pray for that person. And so, it's, um, I was trying to hear if that was screams of fun. Didn't sound like that. Thank you, Matt. So, um... We love our kids. I'm sure they're fine, but we'll find out. We'll find out after. Every parent just went, oh, no, it's not mine. It's not mine. I went, is that a Noah? No, it's not. So, In this individualistic world, an instant delivery, when we want things faster and quicker and now, we want what we want right now, 
how hard is it to sit in prayer? And so that's why I want to explore. In fact, there's two main ways I think that we fall into when it comes to prayer. And they're not evil things. If you pray like this, it's not bad, but it's the kind of easy defaults. And they're coming up on the screen now, I believe. Shopping list prayer. We're like, God, okay, I got a couple of things. And this is not bad. He says, ask for anything. So I'm not knocking you if you do this, but we're like, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. What else did I forget? Yep, cucumber, that's right. So shopping list prayer or emergency prayer. Even people that don't know God pray like this. Some of my friends who would not come into church or do not want to know anything about this stuff right now, they have texted me before in really hard times and said, you do that thing, can you do that thing where you pray for me, please? It's like when we've got nothing left to something. Eternity is in the hearts of all men. We know that there's something out there we can reach out to. And so again, not bad, just the default. He's my default, at least for me, and um, it may be for you. It's so easy just to condense the holy transformative prayer down to a shopping list or an emergency. And I'm hoping this month as a church we can maybe delve a bit deeper than that because I believe there's so much more. And so let's have a look at how Jesus talks about prayer. We've got a couple of passages here. The start, I'm going to look at Luke 11, 1 to 4. Let me read. If you've got your phones, if you've got a Bible, you can open up. Luke 11, 1 to 4. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John, talking about John the Baptist, who we've been learning about in our John series, taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. It means holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. He then, in Matthew 5, 1 to 14, says this. These are Jesus' words on prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not go on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what is needed before you ask him. He goes on to say, and then this is how you pray. And again, he says the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Matthew. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. And we also have forgiven our debtors. As we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when you sin against you, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I encourage you to go back and have a look at these two prayers. Many of you will know it. If you don't know it, the other place you can find it that's not in the Bible is go to that auntie of yours that's a Christian, go to her toilet, close the toilet door, and on the back of the toilet door you'll find one of two things. This or the footprints in the sand poem. 
Guaranteed almost. That's where you find these two things not in the Bible. The footprints in the sand is not in the Bible, but it's a lovely poem. Or you'll find the Lord's Prayer. Many of you would have rehearsed this. It's great. It's a beautiful prayer. It's the Lord saying, this is how you pray. I love that. The disciples saying, teach us to pray. A little bit of insight about the disciples. They were good Jewish boys. They knew the words to pray. I'm going to be honest with you. They knew how to pray. We know from these verses that the Pharisees paraded their prayers. So they'd heard prayers before. So they're not literally saying, which is okay if this is you, but for them it wasn't. Um, I had someone recently, it was really special, say, how do I, so foreign was the idea of praying. This was actually in my university role. Someone said, how do I, how do I actually pray? And we walked through, literally, you clo- do, they close your eyes, do you not close your eyes, do you put your hands together? It was a beautiful moment of realising this person never prayed before. This is not what the disciples are asking, though. They're saying, we see the Pharisees pray, and it's a performance. We see the, the other people pray, and it's a religion, it's a guilt. It's a re- and so they're not saying, give us magic words, they're not saying, give us a spell, give us a lovely poem. They're saying, Jesus, when you pray, things actually happen. When you pray, there's a relationship that we can't quite understand, and we want that. So Jesus, teach us to pray like that. Not out of religion, not out of compulsion, not magic words. Teach us to pray in a way that changes us and the rest of the world. So our inner world and our outer world. We want to pray like that. And so the question as we just kick off a couple of encouragements out of this passage is do you want to pray like that? As you see Jesus, as you see people that you may have known that really have a gifting or leaning or have developed a prayer life, if you think about yours, and this is, not a, this is only just you and yourself reflecting, do you? Do you want to pray this morning? Make that decision this morning because it will help the rest of this. Do you want to pray like Jesus prayed? Do you want to pray because you got told to when you were young? Do you want to pray because you feel guilty? Do you only want to pray when you want something or in an emergency, which are fine ways to pray, but they're not the only thing? Or do you... And and, and I do, as I'm reading through this stuff, I want to have the type of prayer life where my inner world moves, changes, and the outer world moves and changes. Like Jesus did. That's the invitation for the month, this month of the transformation trick. Not just this month, but as we scratch the surface, as we explore this, let's practice this, let's pray, let's try to have a prayer life like Jesus did. Do you want to pray like Jesus? So I want to pull some things out of this scripture that hopefully will help us think more widely about prayer this morning. First thing to note is the first few lines of the Lord's Prayer. It says this, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Holy is your name. You are dad, you are father from a better place, a better the kingdom, You are better, you are the king. Holy is your name, your will be done. I love, what a way to intro the prayer. Jesus being deliberate here, he's showing the disciples how it works for him. How he sees the world as he prays. Dad, holy is your name, your kingdom come. You are king, you are worthy of this position. So prayers start with, I've got it up here. These prayers start with prayers of worship, gratitude 
and praise. Prayers of worship. If you're taking notes and exploring this, there are prayers of worship, gratitude and praise. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because if you're at our church last month, the theme we were exploring was gratitude. So we developed a whole guide around gr- gratitude and different verses. And so you could go back and explore that. But it was too important not to mention again this morning that gratitude, worship, praise was deeply part of the way Jesus prayed. An acknowledgement of who you're praying to, not just religious words, but a heart posture of the king. Not just asking for stuff, but saying, hey, I think you know what I need. I think you know, God, you have a plan for my life. And you've already given me so much. How many of us do the shopping list? Again, I'll say me as a way to deflect, not directly at you guys. How often do I pray for something, get it, and then go onto the next shopping list? Great, we've got that, God. Now down to, we need more paper towel. I don't even say thanks. I forget all the time because I got it right. I don't say thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the breath in my lungs. Thank you so much for everything you've given me. Thank you for solving that issue. Thank you for helping me with that relationship. Thank you for working and building and growing. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Now on to my list, which is totally fine. But there's an element of worship and praise. It's not just a respect thing. It's a relationship thing. Jesus goes on later on as far to say, Daddy, Abba. He says, Dad, help me here. Dad, thank you. This moves away instantly by saying, Jesus, you are king, you are father. It moves away. And so often when it's shopping list and emergency prayer, Jesus can so quickly become our genie, our butler or our servant. If I pray the right things, then I'll get what I want. If I rub the lamp, God, I bring... And he's not. He's our dad and he's our king. It's relational. He's not a genie, he's not a butler. It's so easy to get into that when everything else is here to serve us in our world. Worship isn't just about singing our favourite songs. It's about setting our heart towards his kingship. This is a crazy idea in 2023 in a world that tells you you have everything you need inside. You don't need anything else. You just need to work on you by reaching deep within yourself. That's the sermon of today, modern culture. But this is saying, no, you you don't have everything you need inside. You need to reach out to the good king from a great place. And he will change you and transform your world. What does it look like for you this morning to have a practice of prayers of worship, gratitude and praise? My first encouragement this morning as we explore this this month. Practically, I encourage you to pick up the gratitude practice guide or our prayer practice guide. This is not just something we put together because we like using more paper. Hours of when hours and hours, and actually multiple churches, there's multiple churches using this now, and they give us feedback on this stuff. And so it has Bible verses, readings, ways to practice this, and one of those things is a gratitude prayer. And so have a look at that and see if it helps. So are he all good? Great, great. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. We've even got a thing where we can you can sort of do a morning gratitude prayer, or a, a, a medium, I was going to say a medium gratitude prayer. What I meant to say is middle of the day. And then the end of the day. 
Don't just wake up and say, God, I hope today is good. So thank you for yesterday. Thank you for what you're going to do today. Gratitude. Let me move on because we spoke a lot about that last month. The second type of aspect of the Lord's Prayer we see here is this. Prayers of confession, repentance, and reflection. Let me say that again. Prayers of confession, repentance, and reflection. And forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This may be the most countercultural part of this prayer. Let me ask you this quietly. I won't get you to say this out loud. But if you're honest with yourself this morning, when's the last time you honestly repented? When's the last time? Again, this isn't a judgment. It's not a conviction. It's a challenge for sure. When's the last time you honestly sat with God for a moment and said, I'm honestly sorry about this. How can we work through this? I repent. Repent if you don't know. I know it sounds very religious and it might even give you religious trauma as you think through repentance. But no, no, it just means turning around. Saying, Jesus, hey, I was going the wrong way. You weren't the king of my life in that moment. You're the king now. How do I walk with you? How do I walk with you as my saviour and my king? Just quietly think to yourself, when's the last time you honestly repented? Mine was a little longer than I'm going to admit to you guys. Might talk to my small table about it. Mine actually was really recently because I prepared this sermon. And I stopped and went, I better do it. And I repented. I thought there was chances. Do you know what? There was some stuff that had lined up. There was some stuff ready to be repented of. It turns out I looked to what I could repent of and there wasn't stuff missing. I had a fair bit that I needed to say sorry and God, can you invite you to work in that? Not just sorry, but I want you to help me change because I can't do it on myself. I can't reach within. I need your help. I'm making a mess of this area. I'm heading in the wrong direction. Please help me. This is so tough in our modern culture. Why? Because we're never wrong. Modern culture says you're never wrong. You're never wrong. It's the government's fault, right? It's that person in front of you, three people in line. That's the, they're taking too long. That's why you're angry. It's not your anger issues. It's their fault. Why have they put a trainee on? It's the trainee's fault. It's Woolies' fault. It's not your fault for having issues that you can't be patient. No, it's their fault. Why don't I have enough money? And again, again, I know a lot of us are struggling. I know it's a bit deeper than this. But obviously, it's nothing to do with what we spent the week before. <laughs> it's the government's fault again. And there is complexity to that. But we've always got someone to blame, right? It's always someone else's fault. It's never my fault. In church, it could never be my fault. It's, it's someone else's. Someone else has done this to me. Someone else is doing this to me. Spoiler alert, sometimes it's your fault or you're partly to blame and this is where repentance is beautiful. Of course it's our fault. If it was never our fault, Jesus would never have to die. Repentance. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins 
and purify us from all unrighteousness. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Here's the reality that those two verses point towards. The problem is if you never repent, you never grow. If you never change, you never grow. You stay exactly the same. If you're angry and it's the trainees, <laughs> seven people in front of you, if it's their fault, you will never deal with that anger ever. You will never deal with that because you won't grow, you don't admit, you won't change. And so, again, we, I think we could all do, I could do, with a lot more repentance in my prayer. I want to change, I want to grow, I want to become more like Jesus. I've got four points, so that was two. This is three, just in case you're wondering how many. I've only got 12 small points this morning on prayer. This is my third. And again, we're going broad strokes today. We are going a summary. There's so much more. And so I encourage you to write this down, explore this. Talk in your small table. Ask each other this week, have you repented? Do you repent? Dive deep into that. That needs more than five minutes from the stage this morning. That needs a month-long discussion, a lifelong discussion. So third point, prayers of intercession and petition. Prayers of intercession and petition. There's so much more to prayer than just shopping lists and emergency buttons. Let me read a little bit more from the book of Matthew. This comes after he talks about the Lord's Prayer, but it continues. And then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer them. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are already in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. I love how holy but how human the Bible is at times. He'd probably be annoyed at you, and it's not your friendship alone, but it's your shameless audacity in the middle of the night to knock on his door, wake his family up and ask for bread. Chances are he'll probably go get it for you just because you're absolutely so shameless to go ask him in the middle of the night. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. I love that. Seek and find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you'll give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion? If you then... Though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your dad, your father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you wake your neighbours up, if you knock on their door in the middle of the night, even if they don't like you, even if you're annoying, chances are, if you say, I've got friends over, I need some more food, chances are they're going to help you just purely by the shock of the fact that you would be so shameless <laughs> i love that so how much more would your heavenly father give you if you ask god's saying come to him consistently at any time 
regularly, when you're asking for things. He's saying, annoy me. I can handle it. I know you're human. Bug me. Annoy me. Come to me. Get up in the middle of the night. You won't wake God up. Come get on your knees. Pray. Petition. Bring your request. I know I had a dig at the shopping list prayer, but it is part of it. Come to him anytime. I need this God. I want this God. It's okay to ask. Do it regularly. Knock, knock, knock. Especially about those deeper things in life. Seek. You will find. He will provide. It may not be in the way you think, but he will provide. We'll get to that in a moment. There's this little side thing that I reckon went missing every time I've ever read this part that I really appreciated, I think is really important. You notice what the person's asking the bread for? Never noticed this, but I thought this was fascinating. He's got friends over. How much have we heard this verse about the Father giving you good gifts? Have we, because we live in a very individualistic society, so it's easy, how much do we just turn that around to be us? Now, it's nothing wrong with asking for you, but isn't that interesting? Jesus said, suppose you wake up in the middle of the night and you're a little bit peckish. So you go over to the neighbour. He doesn't actually say that. He goes, these people are having guests over. They're being hospitable. They've been loving to someone else and they've ran out of food. They didn't expect them. Guests have come over. So they've ran to the neighbours and said, we weren't planning on this. Can you help us out? There's an other aspect to this. I love that. Not saying you can't pray for yourself. But I read, do you know why I read over it? Because I think I'm a product of today's culture. I instantly read over the fact that this person was being hospitable. This person was about to have someone over. This person was trying to feed someone else. There's always this other when it comes to this Lord's Prayer. As you forgive our debts, may we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. There is certainly a personal petition that is totally fine, but it is coloured by the other. And I want to ask, is your prayer life coloured by the other? Yes, do you get up in the middle of the night? Yes, do you get on your knees and pray for yourself and those things immediate to you? That is good and beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But how often are you petitioning for someone else? How often do you get up and pray for someone else? How often is your first thing in the morning, God, may there be good traffic, may it be a good day, help me with my boss, help me with my work, help me with my family. Honestly, these are just for you to know. I don't know your answers. How often is it? I just pray they have a good day. Even, do you know what one of the most transformative prayers you can pray is that person you don't like. Pray for them. Try not liking someone ongoing while you're praying for them every morning. It's really hard. Doesn't matter who it is, if you start praying for them every morning, try to be angry at them as you've prayed for them that morning that they'll be blessed. How often are your prayers and petitions and intercession? Some of us here have the gift of intercession. They feel that they, they step in that place in prayer, protecting others from the evil one. They feel like that someone's being under attack and so they'll get up, not just always at night, but pray for them. How often are you praying for them? How often are you praying for provision? How often are you praying that the homeless would find a home? That the people, the fatherless would find fathers and mothers? That the orphans would find parents? That the poor would find a way, would be given daily bread? 
How often are you praying, this is even crazier, how often are you praying that you would help with that? I pray, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that neighbour, I know you've heard me before, I'm getting to the point in my preaching career, if that's a thing, where I'm starting to repeat stories. I, yeah, I, I really feel for anyone in 40 years if I'm still doing this. I'll just be the same stories over and over. But here we go again. You're praying for your neighbours. You're noisy, loud, arrogant, park all over, there's 17 cars over the yard. There are parties every night. And you're going, Lord, send somebody, help me get some sleep. Send somebody to these heathens. Send somebody to come love them and care for them and show them there's another way to live. Send anyone, anyone will do. Just help me, Lord. Preferably a Christian so they can introduce them to you. And then you stop halfway through that prayer and go, "Uh uh-oh. It's you. And he's put your next door to them. We don't like that petition, do we, sometimes? Pray for that awkward person at work. Send somebody to go talk to them. Send someone to go love them. Do something about it, God. We love to pray. Do something about the poor God. I love this church, that part of its aspect is we do something about the poor. We don't solve it. Jesus says we'll always have the poor, but there is a genuine longing, and a lot of you are so generous towards that. I love that. Not big noting us, I just really appreciate this body and its heart for the poor, the orphans. So many foster carers in this church. Love it. Pray that you forgive me, Lord, but while you're forgiving me, help me forgive the noisy neighbours. Help me forgive that person because you've forgiven me for so much more. This is praying. I, just, I was thinking about this as I wrote it because it was a cold night. I said, God, help me tonight. Pray for the homeless this winter. I know winter's finishing and this morning it's actually a bit warm. Good segue, Aiden, if you want to put air cons in, air cons on. If anyone complains, well, I've said it from the front now. It's, um, it's official. If you want to turn it on, it is quite warm. So, but most nights have been cold. Do you pray for the homeless? And my final part, kind of a repetition here, but he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayers of surrender and request. Prayers of surrender and request. It's similar to the first, but it's so important. It's a posture of prayer that Jesus had. It was the key ingredient, I believe, for Jesus and John the Baptist versus the Pharisees. As the disciples watched both groups, I believe this was one of the key ingredients of transformative prayer. It's a posture of God's will. It's a posture to say, your will above mine. You are king. You are from the kingdom. It's your will. I've given some examples here. I'm not knocking you if you've got a new sports car. This is not aiming at you, but I just used it as an example. So one way to pray is I claim, right? We hear that a lot. I claim a new sports car and manifest based on my request towards the universe. Universe, I claim a new sports car. That's one way we could pray, right? Like it's an ATM. It's not a prayer that says I need a new sports car, but I need one now, please. Or, sorry, it's not a prayer that says I need a new sports car. It's not even a prayer that says a new sports car, if it's in your will, though. 
It's not even a prayer that says, I got a new sports car, can you bless it? It's a prayer that says, your will be done, your kingdom come. Let me say that again because I mixed up my words. It's not a prayer that claims a sports car from the universe. It's not a prayer that says, I need a new sports car now, please, Dad. Or I need a new sports car if it's in your will. I got a new sports car. Can you bless it? I already made the decision without you, God. Can you bless it at least? It's not a prayer that says, it's the prayer that says, your will be done, your kingdom come. First and foremost, you are king. You are the father. You know what I need. You know what is good. You're restoring and redeeming this world in me and through me, so I surrender it to you. Secondly, I have this money I've been saving, God. Is there anywhere else you see it could be used for you? And then thirdly, help me find somewhere, something to travel in. I'm not knocking new cars. I just got one, so I'm not knocking new sport. I didn't get a sports car. I'm not knocking any type of purchase. But that's the ordering, right? It's a posture that says, you're first. What would you like me to do second? Your will, your kingdom. And then, could you help me out with this? What a way to pray. I don't know if I've explained that. Can you give me a bit of a, I know we're not like this, a bit of an amen if you get it? Yeah, okay. We, yeah, well, we need to work next week, maybe. <laughs> this is the way Jesus prayed. Your will be done. He did pray for his daily bread. It's nothing wrong with having new things. It's nothing wrong with being blessed by things and stuff. But the first prayer was your will be done. Not, I'll get it and then I'll ask for forgiveness later. Or I'll do it first. I once booked a holiday with an old boss, but I'd already booked the flights. So I'd already booked it. And I asked him, I said, can I go to this conference? And he said, have you already booked the flights? I said, yeah, well, they were cheap. He goes, well, you're not asking me, are you? <laughs> and it was, I was like, yeah, valid. That's not asking. <laughs> that's already, that's sort of hoping he says yes. How often do we pray in your will, your king, your kingdom come? Your vision for the world. Change me through your will. Change the world through me to your will. Jesus was stepping into God's purpose at every moment. We see him question. You're allowed to question. You're allowed to ask. We literally see him down there bleeding sweats of blood before the cross going, hey, if there is another way, let's do that, God. But your will be done. You're allowed to question, hey, are you sure, God? But your will be done. Prayers of worship, gratitude and praise. Prayers of intercession and petition. Prayers of confession, repentance and reflection. Prayers of surrender and request. I'm not coming you today to give you new religion. I'm inviting us all into a way to see the world, into a transformative way to see the world. The, Pharisee, um, the disciples had seen people pray their entire life. They were good Jewish boys. They'd seen people pray their entire life. They'd seen pastor, the equivalent of pastors pray. They'd seen others pray. Part of their Jewishness was to pray most mornings and most nights. They knew how to pray. But when Jesus and John the Baptist came, they prayed in a way where their whole world changed. And it was enough for them to say, teach us to do that. This morning, not more stuff to do, 
But imagine praying in a world way that wasn't about you. Imagine praying in a way that changed your inner being. Maybe praying in a way that made you more like Jesus tomorrow, more like him the next week, more like him the next month, more like him the next few years. Imagine 70 years of that. Imagine 90 years of that. Imagine who you are becoming at the end of that. Incredible. Imagine the things you'd see change when you're praying in God's will. You know it. You know if you've been around long enough, if you pray this morning, God, bring me someone to share my faith with this week, you know the unfortunate response to that. It's extremely likely it'll happen. That's why we sometimes, sometimes we don't want to pray because we know if you pray that type of prayer, like, God, this month, give me someone to share you with. Give me someone to bless. Give me someone to love. I know why we don't want to pray that prayer because it's going to happen because it's likely in his will. He wants you to bless someone this month. But imagine the world change through that type of prayer. Amen? So this morning, you've got prayer cards on there. I don't know if we have enough pens. Some of you have pens. I would love for you to write one prayer request for our prayer team. One thing you've taken away that you want to pray about. One thing you want to do better It can just be, God, teach me to pray. God, develop my prayer life to be transformative. And if you're gifted in this type of prayer, if you've got experience with prayer, there are some people, the reason this church, I truly believe it, the reason this church is doing what it's doing right now and we're running out of communion cups because we're growing is because there are people privately and in their rooms praying for you, praying for this church. So please don't hear that. If that's you, I'm not disregarding your prayer life. I'm saying myself at least, and maybe a few others, could do with a transformation around our prayer life. Love you to just take a moment, and whether you're going to write it down or just think to yourself as you look through those things, what's something you're going to practice this week, this month? What are you going to investigate? And who are you going to investigate it with? Just have a moment. I even maybe get us to close our eyes unless we're writing and I'm going to pray in a second but just have a moment with God and ask him of all the information this morning is there some action that he would like us to take and I'll ask yeah I'll ask the band to come up Father as we reflect on the communion led by Malcolm where the reminder is that we are available to come into your presence We're available to stand with God. That's a privilege. Let us not get distracted by Googling things, ChatGBTing things, going to other people. Let's be reminded that we actually have the ear of the creator of the universe. And it didn't come for free. It came at a price through Jesus. We have access to the Father. This morning, just fall afresh on us. Let us be reminded of that presence. Let us be reminded that we can come to you with anything. Let us be reminded that you are in control of it all. Let us be reminded that you want us to seek. You want us to search. You want us to deeply pray to you. You want us to not just rush through it. You want us to sit with you quietly and privately or with others and earnestly pray. Father, I pray that you bless the prayers of Burley Heads Church of Christ. I pray that your kingdom come in this place. 
that our prayers would be transformative, that we wouldn't feel like they're attack on, but they're the centre of our day. Just like we know we need to eat, let us be reminded that we need to pray. Let it be the first thing on our mind when we're facing trouble. Let it be the first thing on our mind when we meet someone else that they're facing trouble. Let this church have just a deep and profound and countercultural heart for transformative prayer. I pray that I, as a pastor in this church, would be transformed in prayer. That you'd help me desire it. That's what I would write down. Help me desire to pray. Help me put down the phone and pray. Help me put down the work email and pray. Help me put down insert distraction and help me pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand together and we're going to sing a song. Thanks so much, team.